Welcome, my name is Michael Aceta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledged Dogs Podcast. Automatic treat dispensers is just another name for what you are. I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine that was the entire podcast. I'm just telling you that you're the automatic treat dispenser. In fact, I saw another uh, TikToker, a little video, and a wife sent her husband in after just having a newborn baby. Said, hey, go ask for the automatic diaper changer. And so the husband went in thinking that there was something called the automatic diaper changer. And after asking a worker and said, hey, could you help me find this automatic diaper changer? The worker said, you are the automatic diaper changer. Now, that's not what I'm going to talk about today. I'm actually going to talk about remote-controlled treat dispensers, which are wonderful tools if you use them correctly. But I first wanted to get you you know, laughing a little bit if you chuckled at it and thinking about how valuable you are in the training process. Like you can't get rid of the human connection when it comes to training because that's how your dog learns the best. If they're with someone who they love and they can engage with and they have a positive association with, then they are going to learn so much faster. It's just like a teacher in elementary school or high school or college. If you really connected with that teacher, you had a much easier time learning the material because of that connection. It's psychological. There's a chemical change in the brain. You just absorb information better. If you had a teacher you didn't like, it was much more challenging to learn the information, which therefore created a negative association to that teacher, and the cycle continues. So don't just listen to this and go, oh, awesome, I'm going to go get an automatic treat dispenser and I'm never going to have to work with my dog again. That's not what this is about. I just want to give you a tool that I've used and has been so useful in certain aspects and certain goals where there's limitations that have been applied. Now, one of the first things you can do with an automatic treat dispenser is scent detection. If you've never done scent detection with your dog, it's essentially where you hide some kind of odor right? Typically it'd be clover. You could do, you know, in police world, it'd be explosives, it'd be narcotics, those kinds of things. But you could really teach them to find anything. You could scent up your wallet with your, your skin, rub it on your hands and your arms and then hide it somewhere. And you could teach your dog to find your wallet. A lot of fun. But what's interesting about scent detection is when your dog finally finds the object, we want them to get rewarded at source as much as possible especially in the beginning, to teach them that they should be looking there. This is without going too advanced and teaching them final response cues and uh, really holding an indication, those kinds of things. But for the bare level, you want your dog just to look at where the scent is so that you can find it. So if they're staring at it and the food comes out of that area, they will associate staring at it with getting food. And you can use an automatic treat dispenser to do that as long as it's you know hidden. You wouldn't want them to go right up to the automatic treat dispenser. But if you could hide it behind a box or something and cut out a hole, let's say you take a box, you put it on top of the treat dispenser, and you cut a hole right where the treat is going to come out. And then you put your article, your wallet, underneath the box right next to that hole. Not blocking the hole, but right next to the hole. So when your dog comes along and they sniff the hole that's next to the box, they smell the wallet. They stare at it. They're like, oh, it's right here. It's right here. And then you dispense the treat with a remote control button. 
and it pushes the treat out, and now your dog gets rewarded for staring at source. Source of the smell. That's what it's called. It's wonderful for scent detection. You can do this over and over and over again as long as you're able to hide the device. If you cannot hide the device, then your dog is just looking for the device. So you can get into trouble there. And there's so much more you have to do with scent detection to make sure your dog isn't become reliant on the smell of the device or the treats being present. And I could talk about that for days. If you want to hear more about scent detection, please let me know whether on social media or if you have a review button on the podcast app you're listening to, please let me know what you want me to talk about. And if you want scent detection, I can talk more about scent detection. We're going to move into the next area that remote-controlled buttons and automatic treat dispensers work remarkably, and that is separation anxiety. Now, there is a threshold. If your dog is too anxious about you leaving, they will not take treats, and therefore this will not work. There is a threshold. If your dog is below that threshold, then you can leave and watch through the window, or if you have a camera in your house, you can dispense treats at fixed intervals or intermittently, or variably, and reward your dog for starting to relax. Just like you would split down any behavior. Well, I want my dog to go to that tree. Okay, they're going to look at the tree. I'm going to mark and give them a treat. Then I want them to take a step towards the tree. I'm going to mark and give them a treat. Then they're going to take three steps towards the tree, and I'm going to mark and give them a treat. You do the same thing with separation anxiety. So if they're standing up in the crate, and you have the automatic treat dispenser on top of the crate, and they spin around in circles a couple times, and then they stop, excuse me, and then they stop, You can press the button, and some of the remote-controlled treat dispensers have a sound, right? So it's just like a marker. Click, treat, click, treat. You can make that association with that sound. So it'll make the sound, it'll drop the treat in, and then your dog gets rewarded for stopping. And then you do it again. So they might spin a couple times, then you stop, mark and reward, using your automatic treat dispenser. And then before they spin again, you're going to mark and reward again. Then you're going to mark and reward again. So the rate of reinforcement is going to go up just to keep some clarity in what we want them to do. And then they stop for a moment and maybe they bow or maybe they stretch so you can mark and reward that. They're doing something else besides spinning around being crazy. And then you'd slowly work your way to where they're bowing, to where they sit, to where they lay down, to where they lay down on their side, to where they're completely relaxed. And where the body goes, the mind will follow in a way. So they could be laying down and relaxed, and now they're going to actually start to relax mentally. And then you can come back into the house when they're relaxed. If they're above that threshold, they can't take treats, then you leaving is too difficult for them. I would practice just being a couple feet away from them. So you put them in the crate. Of course, they should be comfortable with the crate first. Right? We're talking about separation anxiety, not crate training, although this could work for crate training as well. If you wanted to build a positive association, you put the toy in there, or you put the remote control thing in there, you have the door open, and every time they go in there, boom, you drop the treat. Then they walk out, they go do their own thing. Every time they go back in, boom, there's a treat. So you just have this on an automatic kind of system. Some of them have sensors, so when the dog gets close, it'll drop a treat, and some of them you have to press with a button. Or there's a timer that goes off. So you have to find the right one that fits your needs and what your training goal is. But if they're above that threshold, you might have to sit on the couch next to them and slowly add some distance that way until you can leave the room. Right? You go to the bathroom and you watch on the camera. Or you just wait to hear them step into the crate and kind of settle down. It depends on, again, what you're working on 
and the situation you have. But then again, you want to go to the ultimate goal of being outside. And then you just go back to doing that. The third thing that you can use an automatic treat dispenser for is burning your dog's energy. And I don't know why more people don't do this. If you have an automatic treat dispenser or you're thinking about getting one or you have the financial ability to, you should. It's very simple. You sit on the couch and you put the treat dispenser really far away, as far away as you can. When your dog does something for you, let's say they give you a high five or they nudge you, you then press the button and they have to go run to the treat dispenser to go get the treat. Then they run all the way back to you, eager to do the next thing that will get them a treat, whatever it may be. And then you press the button again and then they run all the way back to the treat. So you just have them run back and forth. They're doing something in front of you, whatever it may be. You could put the bed in front of you and just have them lay down and then press it. They run over, they get a treat, they come back, they lay back down. And you just get them running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You could do this for breakfast. You could do this for dinner. An automatic treat dispenser is a wonderful way to burn your dog's energy. You could also do this with two beds. Send your dog to a bed across the room, recall them to the bed next to you. Send them across the room to the bed, recall them back, back and forth, back and forth. You're just getting them to actively do something that isn't requiring you to necessarily be active. It's not the best in the world. You should do something with your dog every single day to show them that you love them. Do some training with them and work on problem behaviors that you may be going through. But I understand that not everyone has, you know, miles and miles of energy in them. And if you have a dog that has miles and miles of energy in them, after you've done all the play and they still have a lot of energy, this is a great way to burn just a little bit more. And then you can even practice putting some other things in there. So you could have them go towards the other bed, have them down halfway, recall them back, and then have them go to the other bed. We're getting a little advanced here, but these kind of fun games are a great way to burn their mental and physical energy at the same time. So burning your dog's energy is great. Now, burning your dog's energy also goes back to scent detection because scent detection is insanely taxing on a dog. To search for something only using your smell. I mean, imagine sitting in your bedroom, close your eyes, and try to smell your way to the cheese in the fridge. Understandably, dogs have an amazing sense of smell, thousands of times better than our own. But to think about that level of difficulty... And then try to ask your dog to do that for eight hours every single day. That's way too much. Your dog might be able to run eight hours every day, but to have them do scent detection eight hours every day is very difficult. And that's why police dogs and detection dogs that do this for a living are insanely, insanely motivated. Because they have to be. So you can burn your dog's energy that way. You could even have them sit next to you, press the button to drop a treat over there, and now they got to go find the treat. Or you send them to go search, and then you press the button when they get close. Either way, you can burn your dog's energy. Number four is about indirect rewarding. Now, I've talked about indirect rewarding, and some people get confused about it a little bit. There's direct rewarding, and there's indirect rewarding. And there's also something called pre-MAC. Direct rewarding is directly giving your dog a treat. You are actively handing the treat to your dog. It is a direct transition, directly giving it to you. Indirect rewarding is having my dog get a treat from somewhere else that isn't from me. Okay? So I'm rewarding them with something else, a treat, a toy, but it's indirect from me. I still control the situation and I can still control access to the reward, but my dog has to do something to earn it. 
and pre-Mac is having your dog do something first in order to get to go do something else. So pre-Mac and indirect rewarding get kind of pushed together often, but they are a little different. If I was going to have my dog play at the park, but they had to do obedience first, then I get to do the playing, that would be pre-Mac. The reward is still there, but they had to do something in order to do something else. Indirect rewarding is I'm going to have my dog heal next to me, and then I'm going to free them, and they can go run over to their food bowl. It's indirect rewarding. Direct rewarding is having them at a heel and me giving them a treat or playing tug with them directly with me. Okay? So indirect rewarding, you could be doing an obedience routine, and instead of rewarding your dog and having treats on you, because we don't want to have dogs that become dependent on treats on us, I can send them to the automatic treat dispenser and I can only dispense one treat at a time so when they get over there they get their treat and then there's nothing else for them to be engaged with and they run back to me. It's a wonderful indirect rewarding practice and it's a wonderful use of the tool if you do it correctly. If you don't use it correctly then your dog's just going to become obsessed with the thing. right? And you should be moving the toy around, the machine around so that your dog doesn't always go in one direction. And this is actually, again, this is an advanced technique. But let's say we were going to have our dog in heel, and they're forging forward a little bit. We can reward them behind us to manipulate their motivation to stay back a little bit. Now, what ends up happening is because they want to get closer to the treat, they're going to retreat a little bit. They're going to back up next to you, and you can mark that position and then send them over to the treat behind you they still have to be in the right position we're just trying to manipulate where they are if you're trying to get really really precise about it if they're forging forward it's probably because you're rewarding them forward a lot and we understand that marking ends the behavior so yes rewarding them in front will not affect directly the behavior but what ends up happening is because they're motivated to get forward you end up marking them for being forward you just happen to do that and so then when your dog keeps doing it they get rewarded and rewarded and rewarded. They get marked for moving forward as opposed to staying in the proper position we wanted them to be. So then you can do the opposite, going backwards. I can have them forge backwards to try to get to the treat behind us, mark and have them run to the treat. And then you just have to find that balance. And the last way to use these automatic treat dispensers is by simply automatic training. And I'm going to put air quotes around that. Automatic training. It's not necessarily automatic. But you can teach your dog to do certain things by splitting up behavior and having them get rewarded for it without you really needing to be present. Okay, so what does, what does this look like? You're going to need a camera for it. You're going to need to be in another room. And you're going to need to be able to use the remote control feature and your dog not destroy the item. You're going to practice splitting the behavior down and shaping what you want your dog to do but you are not involved in the process. You are, but you aren't. Really, your dog is doing whatever they need to do to get the treat to come out. This is great if you're trying to teach your dog natural patience and some daily life skills that just make sense. Right? So if I want my dog to be relaxed and calm in front of the treat dispenser and not pushing it over, I'm only going to reward them for being relaxed and calm. They step away from the treat dispenser, I'm going to mark and reward they step way and back up and, and bow maybe, I'm going to mark and reward. They bow and then they fully lay down and mark and reward. So I'm splitting down this behavior until they're relaxed and just laying in front of the free, uh, treat dispenser. And then maybe 
maybe I want to teach my dog that when they hear my car door close, they come over to the front door, or rather, more likely, you're going to have them go to their bed. So that when you come into the door, they don't rush out of the door or get in the way of you trying to bring in whatever you're trying to bring in. My initial thought was, oh, I want them to come open the door, which would be very, very cool. Uh, But there's some danger in that if you don't have a very well-trained dog. (laughs) They know how to open the door now, and when you leave, they want to chase after you. So let's say you want them to go to the place. So what you would do is you'd close the car door loud enough for your dog to hear it, and then you would pull up the camera and you'd start shaping the behavior. Because they're going to get excited. They're going to, oh, what's going on? And so now they're going to run over to the bed. You're going to mark and reward that, mark and reward that. And then you're just going to repeat the process. You're going to open the door, close the door, try to get them to go to the bed. You're teaching them that the signal of the door closing and opening, right? So when you get out of the car and you close the door, when you come home, their response is to go over to the bed and then you will reward them with the treat dispenser. And you just practice this over and over and over again. And the only way then that you come through the door is if they stay on the mat. It's a wonderful way to teach your dog to be calm and relaxed when you're coming home. And it's something that I would have done very early on had I known about this amazing tool. If you want more information about training your dog, head over to matadorcanine.com, matadorcanine.com. Thank you guys for listening today. If you want to hear me talk about something that you're specifically interested in, let me know either on social media or if there's a comment section or review section in the podcast channel that you're listening to. I want to thank everyone from Singapore, Australia, Canada, and Quebec. I love you guys. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.